and welcome in to another episode of Facts Not Feelings with your host, Brooke Furnest. Each week, I sit down with experts in their respected fields as we discuss how we can move this wonderful automotive industry forward by differentiating facts from feelings. We dive into my guests' secrets to success and how they got to where they are today. All right, let's jump in. Hello, 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 everybody. Happy Friday. We've made it. Well, we've made it. It's like noon. So we've, I think it's five o'clock somewhere. So if you're drinking right now, have at it. I'm no, no judgment in this corner of the world. So you're all good. Everyone, man, I am, I, I kind of, like I said, I prepped this a little bit yesterday. I mean, I'm always super, super excited to have these guests on. And I'm going to say it's selfish that I, because I always learn way, way more when I have my amazing guests on. And this one's just not excitement, man. I am so honored to have Tara Rigo on today. Tara, I am going to a little bit embarrass you a little bit. So I apologize up front. I do apologize, but no, there's no, but there's, it's just no, but period moving on hard stop moving on. If you all have not had a chance to sit in the room with Tara and I'm going to repeat myself from yesterday, get your act together because you need to, she's at just about every conference. So please sit down and speak with Tara. She is and after this, after this conversation, after this whole everything, you're going to understand why, but she, aside from the fact that she, her brain is just incredible and she's a hard worker, insert every resume bullet point you want to hit here. She's just an incredible human being beyond incredible human being. So I set that up here that we're going to kind of jump in here and you have such an incredible background and I want to kind of talk to a little bit, but before we all get into that portion of it, if anyone doesn't know, She's with Spectrum. She is the currently, you're the automotive director of sales and strategy for Spectrum Reach, which is a bit of a, a mouthful. And it's like, oh, that you do everything, it sounds like at Spectrum Reach. So talk to us a little bit like what you do there <laughs> and a little bit of your background. So, hi, thank you. Thank you <laughs> so much, Brooke. Yeah. So at Spectrum Reach, obviously, we head up the advertising division for Spectrum, uh, Charter Communications. Um, we're a data and technology company at our core, right? But beyond that, what I do for them is I head up our sales and strategy department for automotive exclusively because it is such a big portion of advertising and it has so many different layers that a lot of other advertising doesn't have. So being that that is so important, we made sure that we have an entire group of pe people who exclusively handle automotive throughout our enterprise. And we come up with different solutions and strategy ideas to help dealers doing what they do best, finding a way to make money and finding a way to get those cars out to people in the way that they want them. Well, I think that speaks to on your LinkedIn, it specifically says delivering connections for automotive retailers. And I absolutely love that because that is exactly what you do. And it's not just in in products, it's in human interactions. And I absolutely love that about you because once again, if you spent two seconds with you, you know, and the very first time you met, I believe it was, I think two years ago at DMSC and you sat down at the table and it was me like, Hey, and you, I'm, I'm Tara. And we're sitting there in inner, you know, I'm so-and-so I'm so-and-so. And that was your immediately, you know, how can I connect up people with other people and solutions with solutions and down to your core, that's exactly who you are. So I just, I absolutely love that that's on your LinkedIn profile. It was really, really cool. Really yeah, cool. <laughs> I definitely, the more people I feel like we connect with in this industry, 
the better we all become because I really think there needs to be just more focus on us all helping one another. You know, a lot of these things, we talk about how the dealers need to create this better customer experience. Well, we need to create a better customer experience for our dealers too, right? hundred percent. I could not agree more with that. And I I know that, and once again, looking at your LinkedIn profile, but once again, if anyone knows you, you are everywhere right now. And it just once again, speaks to the incredible human being that you are. I'm just going to once again, list some of the things that you, where you've been featured recently. You're on automotive news as dealership marketing and was navigating automotive news, automotive industry in a post pandemic world. And I just completely slaughtered that you're featured there. You're on about every podcast. You've been on Laurie Halter's careering post careering podcast. And that was an if you haven't checked that out, please go do it. Laurie Halter does an incredible job there. You were on Jason Harris's uh, Strategies with Jason podcast back in May. Obviously, you were on DMS, DMSC's uh, panel for OTT marketing strategies that w- will work panel. And then speak with, I believe you're with Women in Automotive as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So I did I did a workshop at Women in Automotive that lasted uh, November, December timeframe, I forget. But I, I uh, talked about understanding the difference between deterministic and probabilistic, because I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily understand what that is. So, so in a brief, like, brief tutorial, what is the difference? <laughs> well, brief tutorial, deterministic, it means whoever you're getting that data from, they own that data. It's first party data. So it's they own the data, it's their data, they know everything about those people, those are their subscribers or their clients that, that you are then getting into. And you know, you can think of many different avenues that would come from. And if you just thought about a dealer themselves, if they just looked into their own CM, CRM and wanna do email blasts and things of that nature, that is their own data. They know who those people are, they know what they're doing and all of those things. So that's deterministic. Probabilistic is you have a good idea. You don't necessarily know and you don't own the audience, you don't own those people or who they are that you're reaching, but you have a good idea who they are and they model that information. So if you say that I'm looking to target F-150 buyers or something like that, they'll say, well, we've got a good idea who they are in this other person's information. So it's more third-party information instead of first-party information. And it's not that it's bad information, it's just not exact information. We're deterministic, you're reaching exactly who you think you're reaching. I would say that's kind of also basing on a factual thing versus a feeling like, hey, I'm just going to shoot from the hip and I'm going to hope I get the right customer, but I'm yeah. not really sure. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and we'll hold on that thought because I think we're going to dive into that a little bit more as well. So thank you very much for setting that up. But And anyone also, I, the first time I knew this and I, I had no idea, and I know that you spent hundreds of hours speaking about this. I was listening to your podcast, the podcast with the interview with Laurie, and you mentioned about being in the army. And I just, I just yeah. go, how did I not know this? I mean, not that you're like just free like hey look at me you're pounding my chest i served in the army like you were already a badass like i'm you're a badass and then i was like she's she could kick my ass like she's incredible <laughs> she was like you were a sergeant in the army is that correct yes yes i was Holy crap yeah so i mean it, it, talk a little bit about that how how that has helped you not just you know obviously your experience with that but in today's life and how that's in leadership and in life and everything in between? Well, you know, I was, uh, I don't know the right way to put what kind of youth I was. I definitely was heading down a certain direction that nobody thought that the army would be where I'd end up. 
However, when I ended up at that recruiter's doorstep, he said, it's always your type that ends up in front of me. So, uh, I mean, I think I was putting spitballs at him a couple weeks prior to me showing up at his doorstep. I mean, I had a mohawk. It was, it was a thing. Um, we're gonna, first off, we're going to need a photo of that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it wasn't direction anyone thought. So what the Army gave me up front right away is it gave me a level of independence and understanding to be prepared. It gave me organization it gave me purpose, right? You wake up every day, you know what your purpose is. He learned so much from it though. And the way that I feel like it mostly carried over into my life after I got out of the military was I am prepared, I'm organized. I understand my surroundings and my environment. And you know, all too often now you hear people say, you know, read the room or know the audience. Well, the army teaches you that really early on to understand your surroundings, where you're at. It teaches you to be goal oriented. Definitely, you learn mission first men always. Obviously, you know, when I say men, I mean everybody. That holds through in everything you do. Know what your mission is, know what you're trying to obtain, but never forget the people around you and how you get there and that you need those people to get there. And that goes into the leadership part of it. You know, there's a lot of different forms of leadership. And one of the best, you know, ways to get your people to follow you is to understand them and make them feel important and that they are all part of a mission. And I've got so many different things that I follow, but to me, it's always about the mission. It's always about the goal. And when you know that, and you've got a great team around you, which I learned in the military, you're always going to succeed as long as you stay true to those objectives. There is so much to unpack there. <laughs> I, I want to first go back to just the, there's always prep that goes on before we ever do go live with this. And before I ever went live, there was the interview beforehand. And I always say, okay, here's some questions I need. No, you need the headshot. We need this and this and this. You are the first person ever to get the questions and then send them back to me in written answer. And I just go, what just happened? <laughs> And so when she says, be prepared, be organized, I will firsthand account say, now Monday's the 50th episode. So in 49 episodes, no one has ever sent back, hey, here's all your answers in written form. I just was like, well, this makes my job a lot easier. So thank you. <laughs> and I believe you're saying, you're like, I'm like a boy scout. I'm always prepared. And I go, 100% she is. And the, it just, once again, it goes to the testament of who you are. Once again, your honor, your integrity, mission first, the goals, everything you just said. And it, it translates 100% into everything that you do. I can't remember if it was a Navy SEAL, and I apologize, I'm mixing right now. So just get up and make your bed. Yes, it was a Navy SEAL. Yes. And I, I know a a family member that is just a, hates making beds. And I just go, and my, and my mom is always like, hey, it's just just make your bed. That's all you got to do. Like at least you've accomplished one thing in your day, in your day, to start your day off correctly. And so if you can just do one thing. So I just love that you talked all about that, that it starts that the goals and accomplishing something and the organization, it's, it, it, it really does translate. And then, so you, you served, was it Germany? Was that correct? So, yeah. Um, after basic and AIT, I went to um, airborne school Upon completion of airborne school, I was stationed um, just outside of Frankfurt, Germany. And with I did service in Bosnia, Somalia, and Haiti after that. And I served at Fort Drum, New York, part of 10th Mountain Division. And when I got out of the Army, I was out of Fort Lewis, Washington. And that's where I found my first automotive job was out in the Seattle market. Now, and if my memory serves me, and I think I'm going back to their podcast, is that you went from 
serving to bartending. Was that correct? And then bartending yeah. into. Yeah. And like you, you sold yourself. You're like, Hey, I love this. Okay. I'll come do. Is that correct? So, yeah. Um, I was uh, using my GI bill, right? I got out of the army. I'm using my GI bill and I was cocktail waitressing and bartending. And one night I had this group of guys come to my table for dinner, right at like happy hour time. And, you know, they're all wearing suits and ties or whatever. And they didn't look like they were that nice of suits, but they were all wearing suits and ties. There's about eight of them. And they sat there and I upsold everything to them. They got all the appetizers. They got all the, uh, you know, accompaniments that they could possibly get. They even got dessert drinks. And one guy got left with a bill at the end of the night. And he kind of like was shaking his head. I said, is everything okay? He said, yeah. He's like, but if I had one salesperson who was as good as you, he's like, I wouldn't be sweating this bill right now. I said, well, what do you do? And he was the general sales manager of a dealership. And the next day I went in there and I interviewed for my first sales job and I started selling cars two days later. And uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> That's phenomenal. And I, I know we're going to get into the OTT portion of it. The yeah. reason I wanted to bring that up is that right now there's so many people that are like, Hey, I'm hurting for jobs. I'm hurting to find people. I'm hurting is to look in the unexpected places. I've, I've been screaming this from the rooftops for a long time. And my other half did when he, he was in car, car world for what, like 30 years. And you'd always go look to find people, find the next employee at some type of food industry. Because if you think about it, they're working crazy hours. They're working weekends all the time. They're working until midnight. And and the customer service is already there. The people skills are already there. So all you got to do is is train them how to to now do be in the car business. So it's a very easy transition. And they already have those skills that are there. So I I love that story because I'm like, I just it's an easy transition and you've got great people and then the benefits are better and everything is better. So I just, I love that story. So thank you for sharing that. I loved it too. I mean, it's, it was kind of uh, crazy. I come from Flint, Michigan, which was, you know, home of GM. Everyone in my family worked in factories except for my father, but his business was uh, reliant on automotive and he sold cars for a while. When I was a kid, I remember he came home with a Corvette once that he had sold to a client that they wanted it broken in, which, hysterical, right? And he lets his 10-year-old daughter sit in his lap and burn out tires in a parking lot. But uh, (laughs) so that was a great experience. But then I remember when I started selling cars, my dad's like, you do not want any part of that. What are you thinking? What are you doing? And then you fast forward a few years later, I've had every single one. I brought every single one of my siblings into the business. I married a man in the business. Both my children are in the business. I mean, it's it's a legacy at this point. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah, no, I, we all have the, I called the old ship. I'm like, Oh, how, what am I going to do? I'll get in the car business. That was me. The rest of my family is not my younger brother is he, he and I actually started a company a while ago, years ago, and it was on the body shop side of it and uh, collision side. And so it was a software company. So he is, isn't it? Isn't it? He's since sold that. And now he does. He's got with like paintless dent remover or paintless hell damage. And so he does another software company with that, but he's the only one ever else is like, no, they just they'll call when they need a car. I'm like, so where do I go? I have questions. I'm like, let me get you set up. I've got a dealership on this state. Here you go. That's about it. So I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay. So I know we, I promised everyone we, we'd get into this. And last week we had Vasilios on, we got really down into the nitty gritty of Amazon advertising. And, and this one, I promise we I promise we'll keep a high level. I promise, I promise, I promise, but just, I, I know that I get asked and if I'm getting asked this, I know you're getting asked this like nine times out of 10, you're talking to someone and I'll just the, the basic common questions. So I, I kind of think of this as almost like a, 
a how-to guide or the you know best practice user guide of, of basic common OTT questions. So one thing in particular I get asked a lot is, what the heck am I looking for when I when I'm trying to choose a media provider in general? And you know, you know what am I looking for? So I'll pose that question to you. So the biggest thing, and I think especially GA4 coming, cookies going away, and all these things. I think the biggest thing you should be looking for is where you're going to find the largest audience that you can find and following the data of who your audience is. Who is your audience? Where are they? What are they doing? And once you have that information, finding media companies that represent the largest portion of them and know who they are where they are, how they're consuming content, when they're consuming content, and following the data. And I love that your show's facts, not feelings, because that is so relevant in every decision you make, especially with OTT. It's not about your feelings of where you think they're watching or you think they're consuming or what they're doing. It's the facts. The facts do not lie. And you want to find providers and media opportunities that get you in front of the largest amount of them and that they own those audiences. They're not renting. And I use the term renting loosely, renting that audience from somebody else. And that's where a lot of, I feel, disappointment has come with OTT. People said, hey, I tried this OTT, and, and but they couldn't prove where it delivered. Or, you know, they, you know, I, they said this, this, and this, and they weren't really things that matched up with what They felt confident that they knew where their ads were being shown or how they were being displayed or uh, where Uh, you're right. Where was it even in an area that it should have been? And then there's other things that I tell people to always look for because it gets confusing. We say we throw a lot of terms around OTT, CTV, streaming TV. And then people just start thinking video in general. They don't understand what the difference is between all these different acronyms that we're using in different kinds of video. And I think a lot of times, especially companies that don't necessarily own the audience, like I brought up, they do a mesh up of a few different products. So you don't necessarily know what video you're getting. It might be some OTT, but then it also might have some Facebook, which isn't a bad thing, or it might have some online video, but they just kind of mesh it all up together to show you this really great CPM. And they're following the audience sometimes, but again, they don't own that audience. So you don't really know. Sometimes they might just be trying to find the most affordable way to get you the most amount of impressions possible. So I always, like I said, stick to follow the data, follow your audience and pick someone who's got a lot, your audience, that they actually own that audience. It's piped into their home, piped right into the way that they're consuming media. So a couple of things on that is before I jump more, more into what you said, you brought up a really good point of breaking down the acronyms because I did say this is a very high level basic how let's go over those terms because there might be someone that on this, on this watching this being I don't know that. I don't know what OTT is, Brooke. You're saying a lot of words and you're throwing on acronyms and these are more stupid acronyms because we have more acronyms at NASA. What is OTT? What is, what is CTV? What is it when I'm watching something on uh, Hulu and it comes across or I watch something on YouTube, what's the difference? So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pose that to you. What, 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 what are the different things that uh, people are offering out there? 
So I think it gets really confusing because they, they use a lot of these terms and some of them are the same. So, you know, what is OTT? Well, OTT is over the top. What the heck does over the top mean? <laughs> am, I, am I doing a somersault? What is this? Come on. <laughs> it's over the top. It's, it, it's gone beyond and over the cable box, right? It's, it's, and it's basically what we would all now call effectively streaming. So if we just throw out the term OTT and we call it streaming, your average consumer knows what streaming is. We all stream. We know what streaming is. And there's a million different ways you can stream, right? You can stream on your phone. You can stream on your computer. You can stream on your TV. There's a million different places you can stream. And that's what OTT is in a nutshell. And when people are talking about selling you OTT for you to be able to advertise in, we're, they're, they're always speaking of long form content, right? We're not talking short little pre-roll or anything like that. We're talking about you are going to be in programming. You're going to be in content. It's not just going to be part of a 30 second video or a video clip. It is actual long form content. And that's where a lot of the value is because people are watching a lot. They're watching more content now. People are watching more content now than they ever have before. And they're watching it in more places. So that's OTT. When you hear CTV, that's connected TV. So that's what the C stands for. It's connected TV. And it's OTT on that big box in your in your home. It's not on your little phone. It's not on your computer. It's not on your, your tablet. It's on that big TV in your home. So that's where it becomes very specific and that quick way to break that out. And I love how you said, I would say for the last, up until recently, the way that I've, anyone, OTT started, I would say 2020, it, everyone, and I, I know I'm, I'm echoing myself from last week, everyone from owner or walk was climbing out. I'm like, oh, I did OTT. I'm like, no, you don't go back into your hole where you came from and just stay yeah. there because no, you don't. Now, yeah. as I said last week as well, they were sure as hell charge you for OTT. Yes. Doesn't mean that they do it. Well, they may do it or claim they do, but they're not doing it correctly. So as Tara said, there's that knowing how to inspect it and finding a company that, and when she says they repurpose it, it what they're doing, and I just want to kind of echo this again, because I've, I, I know I, I have dealt with this so much with trying to hold people accountable and our, our, our company doesn't do this. It's just lining up with companies that do. And this is not, we're not talking about who doesn't or who does just how to go about finding those companies is just to say what they're doing is saying, here's ABC company, ABC company is now taking XYZ company, and then they're taking that and then they're selling you it. So that's not their, they're not taking, they're not using their product to do it. They're using somebody else's and then repurposing it and never, ever, ever use that company because it will never be quality data. And it's, it's not even true data. And that's why you don't want to ever use it. I love how you said, going back to what I was trying to say, and I got red shiny opera chicken, went a different way there. Uh, <laughs> squirrel, that the OTT saying it's is streaming, because I would say in 2020, it was always, well, when you see an ad, it's over the top. And I was like, you know how confusing that is to try to explain yeah. that to someone? That makes absolutely no sense. And so I would be like trying to explain this to, to, a, to a GM, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, all right. So, you know, when you're looking at, you're seeing an ad and it's like, okay, but to say it's streaming, that's just redundant, redundant, but it, it's so much more streamlined to say it's streaming TV. So thank you for saying that. I just think it clears it up for so many. We all know what streaming is. Everybody understands what streaming is. And then, yeah, some of the other acronyms have to stay because it breaks, it starts separating out the levels of streaming and where things are streaming. And 
there's, there's still a lot of data trying to prove where people stream the most. I, I would argue financial resources are a big part of that and where people stream the most. So I wouldn't, you know, put too many eggs in one basket it, just because yeah. they're like, I only want CTV. Well, smart TVs are still kind of expensive. And a lot of people, they still watch a lot on their phone. I, and I'll, I'll even say I travel a lot, right? I'm flying all over the country. I watch so much streaming on my phone while I'm in the air. It is unreal. And I am paying to stream in the air. <laughs> Well, not only that, as you think taking that, I'll say in addition to that is that you have a lot of families out there. We've got the 85 inch TV and you've got the kids that are sitting like this uh-huh. on their phone. You're like, why am I paying for the 85 inch TV? If you're going to look on your little 10 inch, like what is going on right, right. now? Or they have their iPad and they're watching either a movie and you're like, well, why don't we watch the movie on the TV? I'd rather watch my phone. But so many kids want to do that. Well, and that's what's so great when I say follow the data. If you're working with a good media company that understands who their audience is and who they're serving their ads to, and a good media company will, they, they know who they are. They can also show you where they're watching, when they're watching, how they're watching, and all of that. So those things are super important if you start seeing, hmm. And you can adjust your campaigns to follow data. It is, it's just, I don't know. I think it's like the coolest time ever right now that you can take out whatever your preconceived idea is because it's how you watch. I mean, I came from the dealer side and I remember people coming into me saying, oh, this is like the hottest TV show. And, oh, you want to be on this and you want to be advertising here and you want to be doing that. And I'd look at them. I'm like, I asked everybody here. Nobody watches any of that. No, nobody even has that. Well, of course, none of them had it. You know why? Because we all work from nine to nine, five days True. a week, right? Of course, yeah. none of us none of us knew what it was, of course, because we are not the buyer. And I think that's the biggest thing. Follow the data, follow the data. And if you work with a media company and they own a big audience, they're going to have that data to provide you. Yes. Yes. And I, you brought up a good point about like, oh, I want to, I want to have it on this show. Well, it shouldn't be about what show you want. It's what show your consumers are consuming. That's yes. where it should be. So yeah. stop getting out of your preconceived notions. So when it comes to like, I'll say successful OTT and how to the successful campaigns, I, I, I know that you and I know this answer, but for our audience, what campaigns do the best? Is it a branding campaign, a selling campaign? Like what campaigns what type of campaigns should our audience and our businesses be have out there for OTT and or streaming and all types of campaigns? So, yeah, you have branding campaigns and you have selling campaigns. Obviously, in automotive, we see a lot more selling campaigns. I will say they typically are not the most successful campaigns. Our more successful campaigns tend to be branding campaigns. I feel like the reason for that, and I say, okay, let me take it back. Uh, Rewind. The most successful campaigns are dealers who pay attention to who their audience is, who the customers they do the best with are. They look like pull up all that data and they're like, here's the people that we sell the most cars to. Here's the people, the demographics of what they are and find out more of their lifestyle things. And look, these are who they are. They pay attention to that. They follow that data and then they build creative on that to appeal to more people like the ones they're already successful with. Strong, good, creative is so important. 
bad creative. I don't care if you've got the best schedule put together to hit all the right targets. If it's bad creative, it's not going to do anything. You have to have compelling creative. That's one of the reasons I think OTT, it does do so successfully most of the time though, is because sight, sound, emotion, that's what video brings people. Make sure that you're using the right things with it. Make sure you know your audience and the things that are going to compel them. That's them getting to know you. And I know it's old and it's cliche, but people buy from people they like, and that's how they're going to get to like you. It's so true. Uh, It's, you know, it's going back to this whole selling versus branding. Think of even social. We all know it should be, we should know it's 80-20. If you sit there and just, if you're following someone, they're consistently shoving selling down your throat. Are you really going to continue to follow them? No, you're going to mute them or unfollow them versus a branding campaign. And you can see that, hey, they, everyone knows that, well, I'm guessing everyone knows at this point is that you're going in, you're looking and you're going to go search on Facebook to see, are they, are they in the community? Are they shout out to Mohawk Honda? They're obviously near and dear to my heart. They're having a sneaker. They're hosting sneaker con. I was like, if I live closer, I'd be all over that. (laughs) But they, they're always doing something and they know their audience, but they're always thinking outside the box to say, Okay, what can we do here? So yeah. with their with all their different, going back to a little bit for, earlier, what you said is you don't have all your eggs in one basket. So they've got Amazon, they've got this, they've got this, mm-hmm. they've got this. So they know that we're not just going to do one thing. We're going to do all sorts of different things. So knowing that when we do X, Y, Z, hey, this is what we're going to do for here, but it's not going to be, we're going to shove selling down your throat until you vomit. Yeah, that's not the way to go about doing things. And, and so having your, your evergreen, evergreen campaigns going and knowing that this goes here now, do you, are you going to mix up and have a selling campaign? If it's a, uh, whatever event that's going on, or you need to get rid of X, Y, Z. Yeah. You, you can have that in there, but it's, if you're constantly selling, you've lost okay. your customer. You've lost yeah. it. it. It's, it's white noise. And I think, We've been at Pash events together and Pash is the first one to mention very frequently. Uh, They know what they want and they know what the prices are. We all know how to use this thing called the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And we know that we can get whatever price we want at every other dealer. Well, we used to. And maybe, maybe, you know, here pretty soon we'll go back to all dealers kind of being able to do the same price. We'll see. Um, But uh, it's, it's just this ridiculous thing to yell prices. And I feel like maybe we're moving away from that a little bit right now yeah. because they haven't had to do it because, you know, the short inventory and maybe they won't go back to it. I'd really love if they didn't go back to, you know, just the, the yelling of the prices and the price because I, it just falls on deaf ears. I was watching a video just this morning just talking about how much video or commercials stay with you over the years. I still can basically sing, I don't know how many jingles that I remember from commercials Mm -hmm. as a child. I still remember from growing up in the Detroit market, the Melfar Superstar commercials. Um, He would like fly through town with his prices and his cape. I mean, you remember these things Mm -hmm. and it sticks with you and that's how you build your relationship. So creative, 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 it has to be good. It has to connect, it has to compel. And if you do a good job of that, they're going to search you by name. They're not, you're not going to have to pay for an ad. They're going to search you by name because you've developed a relationship with them and they feel connected to you. And that is the gold. A hundred percent. And I've, I've heard both sides of this and where 
well, we're not going to put our commercial on OTT anymore because people are getting away from commercials. They're, they they want to skip commercials on TV. So we're not going to put our commercial. Well, it depends which commercial is. If your yeah. commercial is buy from us, buy from us, price, price, price. Okay. But if your commercial is on the other hand, and I, I spoke a little bit about this last week as well, but is there's a local dealership here and they do their commercials are about experience, 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 experience. And that's all yeah. it is. Never, ever, ever, ever mentions price. That's different because mm-hmm. now all it is, is about your experience. And they started during the pandemic on, I, I think it's on iHeartRadio because iHeart, when it's on my Sonos, there aren't, there isn't um, commercials, but on streaming there is. So I would start, I started seeing their commercials. And I was like, Good job. And then on iHeart, obviously, but I, I, anyways, long story here short is that it's an experience. So I think it's a little bit different what your commercial is on yeah. whether or not you have your commercial on streaming or not. Just to, that's my own personal. Well, yeah, I, it, it 100% matters what you're putting in front of them. And that's why I say know your audience. If you know that certain mm-hmm. things appeal to them and it's experience that appeals to them, then that's what you should do. If you know it's a group of people that their time is the most important thing to them. If you run a campaign showing them how you respect and you appreciate their time and you're going to save them more time because to them, time is money. I guarantee you, they're going to pay attention to that and they're going to want to work with the people who are going to save them that time. But again, it depends on who your customer base is and what's important to them. And understanding that and knowing that is just so important. 100%. Any any other tidbits or facts that we should, that our audience needs to know about choosing a provider and, uh, or inspecting what they should expect before going into it? I definitely think always continue to inspect, right? I think when you choose a provider, like I said, make sure number one, that they own their audience, because then if you're doing any kind of targeting or whatever, it's based off of their, their subscribers that they know who they are, they know what they do. And then Double check to make sure that you are getting the reporting that's showing how it how it delivered, where it delivered. Check the where a lot. The where is so important. So often you hear about the delivery happening way outside of the areas that you might have necessarily thought or were trying to achieve. So check the how, check the where, and then keep yourself informed. Just because you ran it a certain way at one point, if you're noticing, I always recommend AB commercials um, or AB targeting. If you're noticing better response off of a certain campaign, make those adjustments. If you're seeing that on your reporting that they are watching a ton of a certain network at a certain day part and that, well, that kind of informs other information and maybe some other form of advertising you're doing as well. It tells you a little bit more about your audience that maybe you didn't know before. Maybe it's just a behavior like, I don't know, maybe they're watching National Geographic and all of a sudden you're like, maybe they're more outdoorsy than we knew or maybe they're travel buffs. Or So you can start thinking of different ways to be creative and inform other marketing ideas you're doing within your dealership, not just in OTT. It can inform other campaigns as well. Love it. Love it. Love it. There's any other questions anybody has throw them in the chat. If not, we're going to wrap this up here. Let you get down to maybe your happy hour here a little bit early. So we'll wrap this up here. (laughs) So as always, we got some lightning round questions. So I know that you're prepped for this because you sent me your answer. So I know you're prepped for this. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. First and foremost, where can our audience find you and follow you on social platforms or anything in between? 
So LinkedIn, Tara Rigo, I think there's only two others out there and I'm the only one that looks like this. Uh, <laughs> no. um, LinkedIn's probably the best. Uh, the other social platforms, honestly, I only use Facebook to track my mother. So uh <laughs> and shout out to your mom. She was so, 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 it was like a proud mama moment. I was like, oh, I, I just love your mom already. So shout out mama, uh, yeah. Rigo. Or, uh, yeah, Rigo. So, <laughs> sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love um, it. So, okay. yeah, those would probably be the best places. Okay, awesome. Uh, and I always liked to ask females and especially strong, incredible females like yourself of advice you'd give another female either in the industry currently or looking to give it, uh, looking to get into our industry, just advice you give a female. My first advice I always like to give women is uh, you got this. You can do this. Don't slow yourself down. And the reason I say that is women, we're the first to always think maybe I'm not qualified for this. Maybe I don't know enough. And we hold ourselves back. We think we have to have all the qualifications um, to even go after a position or do something. Well, let me tell you, you don't. Men will look at the same application like, well, I've got most of those and I know I'm really good and I can do this and they go for it. They don't get the job necessarily because they were better. They get the job because they actually applied and we didn't even apply. So I always just say, you got this, go for it. I love it, I love it. All right, favorite thing to do outside of work to unwind? <laughs> well, you asked, that's a trick question because I <laughs> A lot. I, I love golf. I love golf. It does not help me unwind at all. It makes me very angry. I'm not very good at it, but I love it. I hear you. So uh, if I'm unwinding, I, usually you can find me on Siesta Key Beach on Saturday mornings, like early, like from like 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's like my downtime. I hear you. It's uh, golf is just one of those things. Like I, I love it, and I, hate, I love hate relationships. So I totally understand that one. Totally broken clubs and all. Yes. All right, so fair, if, if, uh, you've got Siesta Keys there, but what's your favorite vacation spot or if you got a ticket, where are you going? Yeah, okay. So my favorite vacation spot ever is Arcadia Bluffs Golf Course up in Arcadia, Michigan. It's on Lake Michigan. It is absolutely breathtaking. It, I just instantly relax every time I go there. I love it. Favorite vacation, I'm actually getting to do it. I was supposed to do it back in 2020, but, you know, stuff. And uh yeah, stuff. But I'm going to, my dad's trip, a golf trip to Scotland. I'll be there for 12 to Scotland and hitting all the greatest courses. So that'd be awesome. That like you have the, not just our household jealous, but you just made like the entire internet jealous. So that's, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So we've got a couple here of like, I would say going along with obviously facts, not feelings, everyone's going to get the asses, but how do you distinguish facts from feelings? And it can be personal or it can be in your, in, in your everyday work life. Well, I grew up in a home where my dad was very direct. So I grew up with that before I even joined the military. For me, facts is, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the noun without the adverbs and the adjectives. Fact is truth. 100% fact is truth. And I, I discern it real easy because I don't have to like it. I just have to understand it and accept it where, um, you know, feelings that those are all the warm, fuzzy words that get you to the truth. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It is. It's true though. All right. As a disruptor in the industry, what are some of the hardest or best lessons you've learned along your way in your journey here? Stay nimble, stay adaptive, hmm. be willing continuously to learn and not get stuck in your own beliefs. I think beliefs are very dangerous things. I think that you should just have a good idea. 
And I get that. I didn't make that up. That came from the movie Dogma. Kevin Smith did many, many years ago with the 13th Apostle Rufus. He said that. And I, I'm just a strong believer in that. See, I'm saying I shouldn't believe I should have a good idea. But yeah, just stay nimble because if you can't adapt and you can't listen and grow, you're just going to fall behind. Uh, yeah, that's a, there, when I was reading that, I was like, man, that is, I might just like have that like tattooed, you can't like tattooed it, but like painted on my wall or something. I, I really am liking that one here. We've got a couple more here. So advice you give your younger self. Oh, just sit back and enjoy it for a second, right? Enjoy the moment. Things are always changing and things usually don't last that long. So whenever you're having that moment of whatever you're doing, soak it in a minute, enjoy it. Okay, we've got two left here. You can have lunch with one person. Who's it going to be? That would be my grandmother. So, yeah, she passed away probably a little over a decade ago, but she was the biggest tomboy growing up, and so was I. And she, you know, she taught me how to have tough skin too, right? To be thick skinned and, you know, realize that other people's opinions and thought what they're thinking of me is none of my business and to move on. And what I wouldn't give to have one more hour with her, uh, just to soak in even more of her knowledge that she always shared with me. I love it. It's, I don't, I sometimes ask that question, sometimes I don't. And when I got your response back, I was like, oh, we, we've got to do that one. I, I absolutely love that. It's not, uh, we get, anyway, yeah, I just I absolutely love that. So we'll finish off with, because I absolutely love this vehicle. <laughs> What is your favorite car? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like staring, I'm like, I'm like drooling out of my mouth. So what is your favorite vehicle? So it changes, but right now, and it's been here for about a year now, um, the Austin Martin Valhalla. <laughs> uh, and if you don't know what that vehicle is, please, for all that's holy, go look it up and you'll probably be licking your screen because it's so pretty. And it just, it's just so oh, pretty. It's well, so and I'm a big James Bond fan. So, you know, mm. I, I got to go that route. <laughs> It is so, 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 so pretty. So, so, so pretty. But, oh my gosh, Tara, it has been so much fun having you on. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, one, being on the sh for the show and just for who you are and everything you've done and continue to do. It, like, it's, like I said, it's, it's been an honor. So thank you, thank you so much. So thank you very thank much. Thank you so this. much for having me. I've really enjoyed the time. Thank you. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> uh, most likely, yes. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Have a great weekend. And as always, please find a way to serve today. If you don't find a way to serve today, find a way this weekend. If nothing else, smile at someone today. You, you never know what a kind smile will do to brighten someone's day. doesn't matter how little you have. You can always give your time. So everyone, until Monday, have a wonderful rest of your day and your great weekend. And we'll see you all next week. All right, everyone. Have a good one. You've been listening to Facts Not Feelings with Brooke Furness. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. If you know a friend or a colleague will benefit from today's episode, share it with them. Until next week, find a way to serve someone. Find a way to help your neighbor. Remember, we are all in this together. I, I, I.